Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown Tampa Bay. My heavens, does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and gone. The NFL playoffs are here, and on Monday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play host to the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles here on Wild Card Weekend. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live here on YouTube. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And Evan... There's obviously a lot of history between these two teams, a lot of recent history and even recent playoff history between the Bucks and the Eagles. But, you know, this is an NFC rivalry that goes way, way, way back to some of the earliest playoff appearances the Buccaneers have had in their franchise history, all the way back to 1979 when they made that run to the NFC title game. One of the teams they took care of on the way to that NFC championship game was the Philadelphia Eagles. But, these are two very, very different teams here in 2024. And for the Bucks, you know, I think coming into this, obviously not going to be favored. The line last I checked, it's Philly minus two and a half, which is pretty damn close. But for the Bucks, seems like a solid weekend for upsets. I, I know that the Saturday slate of games kind of went the way most people expected them to, but... I'll tell you this, we, we just got done watching the Packers beat the holy hell out of the Cowboys, and that's how that's not at all how I thought that game was going to go down. And uh, the Bucks going to need to be on their P's and Q's here if they want to take advantage of an Eagles team that had to limp into the postseason. I think 1-5 over their last six games, were they not? Yes, yeah, 1-5, including losses against the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Giants, all teams that uh, did not make the playoffs. So the other two losses were against the Cowboys and the 49ers, two playoff teams. So, okay, you can, you know, they're at least good teams, whereas, you know, they lost to the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Giants, including the, uh, the Cardinals at home in a game where they won, they led by uh, multiple scores. So, uh, yeah, not great. Yeah, not ideal, but I, I wanted to talk about the most pressing news of the matter. We'll open it up with the injury report for both teams. But for the Eagles, a team that already had some locker room drama, they will be without wide receiver A.J. Brown, who went down with an injury last week. His status was going to be up in the air, but we found out that he is going to be out. And, and I guess this is where we can dive right into the game preview itself. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Bucks are in a much better position now to try and take care of a wounded Eagles team in every sense of the word here, but it's not going to be easy. Obviously, the Bucs have to show up, and they have to play like the best version of themselves they've been all year, but when you look at the Eagles specifically at this wide receiver room behind A.J. Brown, they really do not have a lot of depth outside of Devontae Smith, and and I think that's an area where the Bucs certainly could take advantage because Carlton Davis coming back. He he had some injury issues towards the second half of the season, but he's been playing well. And the rest of that Buccaneer secondary, most of those guys are healthy and ready to go. 
Yeah, and obviously, yeah, it is a big loss for Philly. Uh, A.J. Brown is one of the better receivers in the NFC and the NFL. I mean, it is definitely a, a big loss. And uh, like you said, the depth behind those guys is not great. I mean, Quez Watkins has had his, his questions. Uh, obviously, they're relying on Julio Jones, which Jones has showed, just like he did with Tampa last year, he showed, a, you know, a, a, he's made some plays in, in Philly. Um, but overall, you know, just like the Buccaneers also found out last year, I don't know if you can really rely on him to be a guy in a playoff game, which you know the Buccaneers were sort of relying on last year um, at around playoff time. So uh, I do think that it will definitely hamper Philly's offense, and it certainly helps the Bucks' defense. Um, so just like you said, with that secondary being 100% healthy, uh, and honestly, a secondary that throughout the season has played inconsistently, and when they've been bad, they've been really bad. Like you know, that that Houston game comes to mind where it's just like probably the worst game that I've seen them play in a long time, to be honest with you. Uh, they were very, very bad in that game. Uh, but they, yeah, they've been in, in, it just inconsistent. And I do think there's going to be, you know, an opportunity uh, for the defense to, to come out, you know, uh, fast. And it's against, a, like you said, a wounded Eagles. He's not just missing A.J. Brown, but also, you know, like, their quarterback isn't hundred percent, you know, he, he it's not a hundred percent. Um, even Devonte Smith, uh, is dealing with an ankle injury now. So, uh, their offense is banged up. Their entire team is banged up. And I think the Bucks defensively, uh, can certainly take advantage of that, especially with, you know, not having AJ Brown. It's a pretty big weapon. You don't have to worry about. Yeah, some uh, injuries on the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks as well. You know, at this point in the season, nobody's going to be a hundred percent healthy, but you better believe the guys who are banged up are going to go out there and give it a shot. On the injury report for Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield listed as questionable. Have to believe he's going to give it a go. Uh, but some other guys that missed practice this week, Chris Godwin at the wide receiver spot, Tristan Wirfs at the offensive tackle position, the veteran wide receiver Mike Evans, Josh Hayes, the defensive back with a quad injury, was limited this week. K.J. Britt listed as questionable at the linebacker spot. And Mike Green, the only confirmed player who will be missing this game at the defensive line spot for Tampa Bay uh, will not be playing. So wanted to talk a little bit more about how limited the Eagles are going to be on offense. We just talked about the absence of A.J. Brown, but their quarterback is not 100%. You had talked about the finger injury with Jalen Hurts, and I do think the big variable in this game, especially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, is going to be DeAndre Swift and the effectiveness of that Philly run game. Because the last time these two teams played on Monday Night Football early in the season, DeAndre Swift ran all over the Bucs. He, yes. he may as well have won that game by himself. But he is on the injury report this week for Philly. Listed as questionable with an illness. Want to believe he's going to play. I think he's got a pretty good chance of playing. But for the Bucs, if they can slow him down, and they can force Philly to sit back and throw the ball, you have to at least question the level of success they're going to have if they're in a position where Jalen Hurts has got to drop back and throw 30, 35, 40 times with a bum finger. You have to believe that's going to take a toll and, and leave him limited. Well, not only that, but uh, yeah, the the weather, you know, I mean, there there's still, you know, there's probably going to be some rain like, like, like during this game. And um, the Eagles, like you said, DeAndre Swift, was really good against the Buccaneers back in week three. Uh, the Eagles as a team had 201 rushing yards that day. So Buccaneers definitely want to limit that because if they allow 201 again, odds are they're going home. Uh, so I, I also think like the Eagles, one of the complaints from the coaching staff, or I, I should say of the coaching staff and the offensive coaching staff in, in particular, has been 
their lack of commitment to the run game throughout the season. So that's something to watch too. Are the Eagles going to stay committed? The Eagles want to be this, this team that, you know, lights teams up down the field and, and throws the ball a bunch, but they're not built that way. They're actually built better to play the type of game they did the first time in Tampa. Uh, they only scored 25 points, but they had 38 minutes of time of possession, where I believe compared to Tampa's 22 minutes. Uh, and then also, like I said, they ran for 201 yards. So and they won the football game. That 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 was big right there. And uh, I do think Philly is going to try and get the ball in the hands of DeAndre Smith, especially because of all the factors, right? I think they're going to look at what worked last time against Tampa Bay. I think they're going to look at the weather. And just like you said, Jalen Hurts is not 100%. Like, yes, he's going to play. But that finger, it's going to, it could possibly affect him. What if he, you know, he launches and the ball the ball goes and his hand gets hit on a helmet or uh, a defender hits his hand or you know that that could matter. So uh, I do think they're going to rely on the run game a little bit more than they have. It's up to the Buccaneers to stop it, which again, like I've talked about with the secondary, the Bucks run defense has been inconsistent at times this year. There's been games like the Philly game, right? Where the Eagles ran for 201 yards and then there's been games where the Bucks have, have looked like the old run defense where it's been tough to run on them. So uh, it all depends on what type of uh, defense shows up uh, on, on Monday night. And it's going to go a long way in determining who wins this game. If the Eagles can control the pace of the game uh, with their run game, getting to third and short, second and short, it's going to be a pretty long day, I think, for the Buccaneers defense. I think they're going to have trouble stopping them if you're going to allow Philly to, to get in those favorable, you know, manageable third down, second down those types of situations i think it's gonna be tough to stop so i think it's important to stop the run early force the eagles into third and longs and then go from there and test hurts you know make make hurts beat you uh make hurts and the finger without aj brown make him beat you make him find a devonta smith or a dallas goddard um you know make him beat you through the air instead of on the ground you know, this one's going to fall on coaching, but I, I just want to see this team ready to play. I, I think setting the tone in the first quarter, getting that home crowd behind you and dictating the pace of the game, the earlier the better. You, you know, if, if this defense can come out, let's assume, for whatever reason, Philly starts the game on offense. If your defense can come out, force a three and out, hell, force a turnover and give these fans something to be excited about here in the first quarter, I, I think that's going to go a long way because a home atmosphere matters, and it matters that much more in the postseason. I would love to see a lot more red jerseys than I did uh, on Monday Night Football. And we, we talk about some things that are different between that Monday Night Football matchup early in the season and this Monday Night Football matchup here in the postseason. The Bucks were a very different team. The Eagles were a very different team at that point. But one of the biggest things I think that's going to affect the game and uh, really affect the biggest uh, variable in this game, being the Eagles' run game, I think that's going to be the presence of Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby because Kansi was, I think, injured. I don't even think he Kansi played. Kansi did not play. No, yeah, he, he did didn't play. play. Diaby was barely playing, if he was playing at all. Uh, so these guys have definitely come into their own here in the second half of the season. If you've listened to us at all over the last two months, you've heard us gush about these guys week in and week out. But I think they make that much of a difference to where it's going to be interesting to see what kind of juice this defense starts the game with. Yeah, no, definitely. And I do think that's the big difference. And look, for the fans that, you know, that are, you know, in the same boat as red and wanting, you know, to see more red than green. 
Look, you saw a boatload of green in the playoffs when this team had Tom Brady. So I, I would expect that to be no different. That's just the way it is. Um, and that's just the way Florida is. You know, it's just Florida's always going to be that type of thing. You know, it's the same thing in Miami. It's the same thing in Jacksonville. Like, it's just, it is. You know, it's the same thing with the Rams in L.A. Like, it's just, you know, and, and, and the Raiders in Vegas. Like, it's just, it's one of those types of, of, of towns and cities. It's just, it's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, I, I think. Those two players, Kalajic Anti Yadi Abi, um, are going to be a pretty much, I would say, the biggest difference. Um, in that, um, I, I would say probably the the biggest difference for the defense, the the emergence of of those two, specifically Diaby. Like I said, Kalajic Anti slowed down a little bit lately. Uh, he's made some plays, but Diaby's really come on seven and a half sacks in his rookie season for a guy who wasn't even a starter until week twelve. So really has stepped up big time for the Bucks, and I do think that yeah, if the Buccaneers win this game, you could be looking at it and you could be saying, wow, yeah, Diaby had a great game, and uh, he was able to pressure Jalen Hurts and Kalajic. Jacanti was able to help out in the run defense, which he's been a little bit inconsistent. And I think honestly, throughout his like career, I just I don't know how great of a run defender uh Kalaj is gonna be, but um I, I do think that those two guys could definitely make a difference. And it just so happens that they're both along the defensive line and they're gonna be asked to to help stop this Eagles, uh, you know, this Eagles rushing attack and also Jalen Hurts when he goes back to pass. And the interesting thing is uh, that the Buccaneers you know, about containing Hurts, though. That's gonna be another thing that both those guys and Shaq Barrett and Devin White and Levante David, all these guys are gonna have to also account for. So I am. I'm curious to see how they they play it, but I do agree with you that I, I think it's important if the Eagles, you know, let's say they get the ball first, um, or even if let's say the Bucks get the ball first and they go three and out, whatever the Eagles' first drive. If the Eagles take that first drive and take six seven minutes on the clock, score a touchdown, uh, you know, you're talking about a different vibe of that game. You know, I, I think you could be talking about oh here we go, you know, it's gonna be a long night. But if you're able to get off the field quick. You know, for forcing the turnover is great, but even if you're just able to get off the field three and out, maybe one first down, uh, and then hand that ball right back to your offense, I think not only would it give the fans some confidence, it would give your team some confidence in themselves that look, you know, they they can like this team, this Eagles team is struggling right now, right? Like the Bucks are catching the Eagles at the perfect time, like like they really are. Uh, I know Dallas just lost, but like if you had to choose between Dallas and Philly, you'd probably rather Philly. Like, like you would probably rather play Philly just because that's like they're just playing worse football. Like, I don't know if the, I don't know if this team beats the Cowboys, you know. And I just think, and especially with the health, and I, I do think that on defense, though, for the entire team, starting fast is important. But I do think on defense is is definitely important. Yeah, we were watching that Packers Cowboys game, and I just I I think that in the postseason, there's plays that you can make. In hindsight, this is always going to sound you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. But looking back at that game, I feel like there's plays that you can make at just the right time that can almost finish a game before halftime. Like in my opinion. That Dallas game was over the minute Jair Alexander caught that interception when it was seven to nothing, and then they went and got that interception, you know, to set up another scoring drive to make it fourteen nothing. Looked like a pick six, it wasn't, but I mean, the entire stadium was just deflated after that, and I think that is uh, the power in coming out explosive on defense, ready to make a play, because this Bucks defense has shown me that 
they can take advantage of a wounded quarterback for sure, and uh, maybe they can get away with a takeaway or two against Philly. But, you know, if you get the ball on defense, you have to do something with it, and that's where I wanted to talk about not only the other side of the football, but just what this game means for the Bucs and what they have to do to come out here and stun the Eagles. Because if they win, not only is everyone going to be talking about it, it could be a weekend potentially full of upsets, but it's one of those things like this Bucks team has to be at their best. They have to be the best Bucks team we've seen all year to beat Philly. And I know we just talked a lot about how limited Philly is on the offensive side of the ball, and that is true. And I know that Nick Sirianni as a head coach is under fire. I know they limped into the postseason. It you know one in five over their last six. It's not it's not anything to be excited about. Trust me, the Bucks lost six of their last seven, and I wanted to jump off of the Skyway. Like it <laughs> it it's not fun. But I want to believe that even with the hindrance they uh, hindrances they are going to have with the wide receiver shortage, the injured quarterback, I still want to believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are a good enough team to find ways to win because they've been here before. You know, the Bucks, the only NFC team to make the postseason the last four years, but they haven't been consistent in the regular season. And I just, I really think at the end of the day, uh, if they're going to do what I hope they can do and what I think they have a good chance of doing against Philly they're going to have to be the best team we've seen all year. They're going to have to be the Bucks that played against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You start the game, you score quickly, you play with confidence, you take advantage of that home crowd, and who the hell knows what could happen. Maybe you could coax the other team into making some more mistakes and just completely shut things down by the third quarter. Or you could play with the lead, try and dictate the clock like they beat a couple of other teams this season. Week one against Minnesota kind of did it against Chicago at home the following week. So... What kind of Bucks team do you think uh, we are going to see here before we dive into the offense, Evan? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because just like you said, you don't really know what type of team you're, you're going to see. The last two weeks have not been pretty. I mean, really, they, they've not been pretty. The, even though the Bucks won, right? You failed to score an offensive touchdown against the worst team in the NFL. Like, it was not pretty at all. Um and then, you know, the week before that, you didn't show up for an important game where you could have clinched the division in front of your home fans. So uh, those two weeks, yeah, do not look like a team that even deserved to be in the playoffs. The previous two weeks looked like one of the best teams in the NFC, you know, beating the Packers, the team that just beat the Cowboys, and then also beating the Jaguars, who, I mean, yes, the Jaguars ended up collapsing down the stretch and missing the playoffs. But still, at the time, it was looked at as like, all right, like the Jaguars are a pretty good team, you know, like that's a big moment. So, I don't know what team you're going to get. And that's the tough thing with this game. And honestly, even with on Philly side too, you don't know exactly like, is Philly just going to be dormant this entire time? Or are they going to wake up eventually? And that's, that's the thing. So uh, I do think that the Bucks are, again, it, 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 it's tough. It, it really is without giving away, you know, a prediction or, or, or whatever. We'll do that in a little bit here, but um I, I do think that the Bucs, this game's going to be closer than it was the first time. I think the Bucs are a better team than they were in Week 3. I think the Eagles are a worse team than they were in Week 3. Because like you said, the Eagles are reeling right now. Like I said earlier, the Bucs are catching them at the perfect time. I, I think looking at the playoff teams in the NFC, to me, this is the team I'd want to play the most. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd want any parts of the Rams. The Rams might be 
the second hottest team in the NFL behind Baltimore, maybe? Like, the the Rams have been fantastic lately. I, I probably wouldn't want to play, play uh, the, the Lions. Packers, maybe. You know, Cowboys, probably not. So, like, yeah, like the Eagles are the team that, yeah, you're kind of like, okay, you know, like you got a shot. Like, I do think, and not even that, but combine that with the loss of A.J. Brown that they have there. Like, that matters, too. So, if you're asking me, you know, you're asking me what what what's the you know Bucks team to expect? I don't know, and I know that it's not the answer everybody uh, wants to you know hear. But I just I really don't know because we've seen it too many times where it's night and day sometimes with this team on Sunday to Sunday. It's just all depends. Sometimes the offense is putting up you know whatever thirty seven points against the Texans, and other times they can't score a touchdown against the Panthers. It you know it, it doesn't really have any rhyme or reason to it. That Monday night football game between the Bucks and Philly back in week three, I think that was the first game of the season where we looked at Dave Canales as an offensive coordinator and we were like, all right, Dave, it's got to get better than that. You know, that was the first <laughs> game where we brought into question some of the things that we were going to question with a first-year play caller. But one of the things Dave Canales has to do clearly is, uh, you know, call a better game this time against Philly, but he's got to take advantage of, of this Philadelphia pass defense. They are ranked 26th in the NFL in total defense and 31 out of 32 in the league for passing defense. The Bucs have even passed them, ranked 29th out of 32. The Eagles are averaging 252.7 passing yards given up per game. Baker's got to play well. He's got to get the ball to his high-value targets, but I think Dave Canales, on top of everything that his players need to do, he has to come up with a good game plan because while the Eagles are busted up and while they aren't ranked the best as far as passing defense in the NFL, they've already played the Buccaneers one time and the last time they played the Bucs, the offense was predictable and Philly took advantage of it the entire game. Canales has got to go back to the drawing board. I mean, Philly's obviously going to go back to the drawing board and look at what worked in that game, but uh, he's going to have to mix it up this week and I have some faith that he can, but... You know, we talk about these players having to step up. Canales, I think, is going to have to design one of his best uh, offensive game plans to date so far if the Bucks are going to be successful throwing the rock around. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do think, look, and I don't know with the weather again, like I don't know how much are they going to be throwing the rock around, you know, or are they going to, and also with Mayfield not being a hundred percent himself. So uh, I, I don't know how much they're going to throw it. I'm not sure if they're going to be throwing it, you know, 40 times. Uh, so hopefully, you know, you have a lead. If you don't have a lead, then yeah, you're going to be throwing it more and that's not great. But uh, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Rashad White. Uh, I do think this is obviously much, much, much better. Buccaneers offense now than it was back in September. Uh, so uh, for sure. But at the, at the same time, the last two performances by this offense have not been very good. So you hope they're not regressing. That's the thing. You know, you hope that Baker Mayfield can put two pretty poor performances behind him and bounce back here. You, know, you hope the offensive line can, you know, stay successful and uh, protect them enough. I mean, look, Philly secondary. The, the Eagles are giving up the second most passing yards per game 
in the NFL. The the Eagles defense is giving up the second most passing yards per game. So the Bucs are definitely going to air it out a little bit, even if there is rain. Like you're going to air it out because you just you got to attack a weakness there. So you're hoping to get the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you hope that the offensive line can give Mayfield time because the strength of this Eagles team is still that defensive line. It's still that front seven. And they know that in order to be successful, they probably got to get after Baker and and hit him and sack him and you know get pressure in his face to force some inconsistent throws and, and some bad throws that could lead to turnovers. So uh, I also think, you know, the Buccaneers had to play a cleaner game th- this time. Uh, Rashad White had a fumble, I believe it was right before the half uh, in that game. Baker Mayfield threw its first interception of the season in that game. And I, I do think that matters, but, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see again. I don't know what to expect out of this offense just because as, as a team as a whole, they're so hot and cold and, they could look like a really good football team or they could look like a team that's like, man, they're not ready for this. And either way, it wouldn't really shock me. I do think that the one thing that worries me about this matchup is I think it's going to be like, who runs the football better? Because I think both teams are going to rely on their run game a little bit more than they have recently. And the Bucks run game was good the past in like the month of November and a little bit of December. And it like, Ever since, even like in the Jacksonville game, the run game was not very good. Um, so I, that has me a little bit concerned about this particular matchup because I know the Eagles are going to be able to stop the run, and I don't know if the Bucks can. So I do think the Eagles have the advantage there. But at the same time, like, like I said, this is a completely different offense uh, than the you know the, than the Eagles face back in back in Week Three. Well, that's why I put so much pressure on Dave Canales specifically in this offensive game plan because I don't know how much faith, I don't know the level of trust I have in Rashad White to go out there and, and really dictate the tone of this game as a rusher. And and it's not even because of his ability as a running back, but it's simply because of his inconsistency. Well, really, the run game inconsistencies the Bucks have run into. It's not always just his fault. Sometimes it's, you know, just bad play calling. Sometimes it's a bad offensive line performance, whatever the case may be. You know, I, I still don't trust him to be a guy that can step up in a playoff game this week against a top ton, uh, top 10 rushing defense in the NFL and take over that game. I just don't think it's going to happen that way. So I do think, in my opinion, Dave Canales, just some more emphasis on that offensive game plan and scheming his guys open. If, listen, if you find a way to successfully run the football, uh, then by all means, I'd love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen, you know, by running out of the eye formation up the gut two out of three uh two out of three times on first second and third down so yeah. and sorry, it's actually ahead. uh really quick it's um you know I, I see a comment here in the chat um says Jalen does not perform well under a blitz and bucks are the blitziest team uh yeah the bucks have blitzed a lot they for sure have, have blitzed a lot that being said uh yeah, they're third in the NFL blitz rate with 40.1 percent however they are uh, 21st in the NFL pressure rate with 19.7%. So, yeah, while they're blitzing a lot, it doesn't really matter if you blitz if you don't get pressure. So, like, that doesn't really matter to me as much because um, you got to get pressure. Like, it's just it's simple. You could blitz 100% of the time. Like, if you, get press, you don't get pressure enough, it's not going to matter. So, I, that ultimately um, sort of, I think, sort of cancel each other out just because, like, yeah, they blitz a ton. Like, they do. But at the same time, part of the reason why 
the defense has struggled at times is because they're blitzing so much and they're just not getting home. Like they're not getting any sort of pressure affecting the quarterback at all. And you're leaving your corners out there on an Island. So uh, I, I do think that's a bit of a problem uh, for, for this, for this defense. Yeah, one of the differences we had brought up before, but I'll say it again, Yaya Diaby and Kalijah Kansi, two big differences uh, between the Bucks in Week 3 and the Buccaneers this week in the postseason. Going to rely on those guys in the pass rush. I, I think it's going to be a difference with the way they have been playing as of late. I think Devin White could potentially be his final game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer is also going to have to uh, show up and, and, and play a good game. You know, he's not only playing for a contract for another team in the NFL, but, I mean, he's playing to win, clearly. But if he plays the way that, you know, he's kind of played since he came back from that little spat, I expect the Bucks to send him after the quarterback more than a handful of times. And, and just like you had said, you know, this Buccaneers defense, they blitz a lot, but getting there is the only thing that matters because they've made quite a few quarterbacks look awesome this year uh, playing against the Blitz, you know, from a rookie QB to some of these other journeyman veteran QBs. It'll be an interesting matchup to say the least. But I wanted to wrap up this week's game preview with a little bit of a rant, and maybe we can argue over this because you know how much you and I love to argue. And I know that you're, or I'm curious to see your opinion, but, uh, you know, I appreciate most of the mainstream Buccaneers media beat guys who can echo the sentiments that I have about recent success, about what, you know, different accomplishments mean to the team. Should they be celebrated by the fan base? You know, celebrating mediocrity is a phrase that a lot of people have thrown around when talking about what the Bucks have accomplished over the last four seasons, making the postseason winning the NFC South three out of four years. And I know the division hasn't been great, but someone well, had to okay. win. Well, okay, really, really quick. I wouldn't say four seasons, but two. I, I would say two seasons. Of making the postseason? No, no, just, just the, the 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 way you worded it made it sound like, you know, we're talking about mediocrity over the past four seasons. Like, okay, no, I, the, the, I the last two, nobody was saying they were mediocre in 2020 and 2021. You're right. I'm just kind of grouping all of those accomplishments together because the conversation seems to come up when people talk about three straight NFC South titles, four straight playoff appearances, one of those being a Super Bowl championship. I know it's not all under the same umbrella because it's two different regimes, so, like, I know that that's kind of your main point there. So, I, okay, I'll let, I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> but I just want to give a shout-out to Luke Easterling, who had a really, really great take. Uh, and I loved every bit of this. I will read it to you now. So he responded to someone on Twitter who said, I'd rather be building a contender than settling for winning a crappy division. But, you know, embrace mediocrity if that's your thing. Luke Easterling said, quote, I love this bullshit narrative that being happy that your team won the division for the third year in a row and made the playoffs for the fourth year in a row is, quote, embracing mediocrity instead of, quote, enjoying success, end quote. And I feel like this is a good time to bring it up because win or lose tomorrow is going to be a divisive day for a lot of Bucks fans all over social media, from the Bucks podcast to Bucks media to whatever they feel like posting on Twitter, Instagram, anything in between. But I have a feeling if the Bucks lose, <laughs> all the people who have wanted them to lose or have wanted them to miss the postseason to get a better draft pick, like all of those people are waiting with bated breath so they can say, I told you so, 
to everyone who has been celebrating the fact that the Bucs won the division and made the playoffs. Uh, I just wanted to kind of throw this out there and get your two cents because I know that you and I stand very differently as far as, you know, how this conversation goes. We've had the conversation a lot this year about Todd Bowles and what's really best for the long-term success of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is it making the playoffs this season? Is it missing the playoffs so you can potentially build that super contender team that everybody likes to dream about? Um, But the fact of the matter is, I have said before, I'm never going to be a guy who roots for my team to lose, and I'm not going to root for them to miss the playoffs just so I can tell you know, everyone that, oh, this was the best core. This was the best option for the Bucks because of what they can do in the draft now, even though that's never a sure thing either. Um, I just wanted to try to attack this from all sides here because you and I specifically have gone back and forth on this many a times for many a different reasons over the years. But I think now more than ever, I see across social media just a bunch of fans who want their team to lose. And I don't seem to understand that thought process. You know, it's kind of like looking at a glass half full versus a glass half empty mindset. I am happy with what the Bucs have been able to accomplish. I know we're not entirely happy with Todd Bowles as a head coach and a 9-8 and record right now, but they did win the division in back-to-back years, and they won the division this year of all years with a $4 million quarterback and, what, $80 million in dead cap space before the start of the regular season? Like, it should be celebrated. It should be recognized as an accomplishment and I think it's ridiculous when people try to downplay what the Bucks have done just because they're in a bad division. What what uh, what are you thinking? Well, at me next time. But um, <laughs> no, it, you know, look to me. There's there's yes and and no. Okay, uh, because to me, yeah, making the playoffs is a good. Like you shouldn't be angry that they went nine and eight, won the NFC South, and made the playoffs. Like they're gonna play in a playoff game. Like. You shouldn't be angry. If like if you're bummed like to watch that playoff game, like you probably shouldn't really be watching anyway. Like if, if you're like seriously sitting there just like bummed out that they made the playoffs. That being said, at the same time, let's say they're not very competitive in that game, right? Let's say that game goes very similarly to what last year's did. I think it's fair to want to head in a new direction, which involves possibly losing to take, you know, take three steps back to take four steps forward. You know, I think it's fair because eventually be like, what are we doing here? You know, like you're just, you're just barely going to make the playoffs every year and then just get blown out the wild card. And that's that, like, how's that's not progress, you know? So I do think there's sides to both. And I don't think there is a, look, I'm not going to tell anybody how to root for their team. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, you root how you want. Everybody's different. You know, every everybody can be the most optimistic person in the world. And even when, like, you know, even when you're you're saying, like, oh, the Bucks are going to suck this year, that person's saying, well, no, they're going to be pretty good. Like, you can be that person or you can be the most pessimistic person that when Tom Brady came there, oh, Tom Brady's washed this and that, there they go, you know, whatever. I'm not going to tell you how to do, you know, your fandom, but – I do think that winning the division is an accomplishment that should be celebrated. At the same time, the results matter. And the results in the playoffs are going to matter much more now than anything in the regular season. Tomorrow's game is going to wipe out anything that you did in the last 17. Like, like really, like, I don't care. Like, you, you lose tomorrow by 20 points. I don't care what you did in 17 games. Like, I, I just, I don't. 
You know, that that be at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. All that matters is that playoff game. So I do think that there is two sides to it, and I think there there's truths in both. I understand the people wanting better than Baker Mayfield. I understand the people wanting better than Todd Bowles, and I get it. Like and I, I've and I've been very vocal about my, my, my thoughts on and opinions on that for sure. Uh, but at the same time, I also understand the people that, yeah, have watched this team fail time and time and time again and lose time and time and time again. And it's nice to make the playoffs for straight years. You know, it's nice to be, you know, not sitting here in January right now talking about who's going to be the next head coach. While that, that discussion can be fun, that discussion is always fun. Because I think, you know, it brings a lot of optimism. Even the more pessimistic people, you become optimistic when there's, oh, a new coach in town or a brand new quarterback in town. Like, you know, that that creates excitement, and I get that. At the same time, though, like, yeah, like, you'd much rather be preparing for a playoff game than, than sitting here. And look, like, you might get the head coach wish anyway. Who knows? But um, I, I do think that there 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 is both sides to it. I think it's fair. And to me, what's not fair is to say one way or another. Say, oh, Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield 100% have to be gone. Or like, oh, they 100% have to be back. They've done, you know. To me, like, it is fair to want better. Like, that is not being a bad fan to say, like, yeah, like, they're probably pretty me- – I mean, look, like, the facts are the facts. They won the division last year with a losing record, 8-9, and nine, because their division was so bad. And this year they won it 9-8. and eight. Right. The the next, I think, person to win their division, I think, had eleven wins. That that that's two more wins than they did. So if they're in any other division, they might not even make the playoffs. And to me, I think that's where a lot of people's frustrations come from. When you're looking especially when you're looking at we've talked about this before off air. Like when you're looking at the quarterback class that's coming up. The quarterback class there matters because you could have a chance to get a special guy. And now that they've made the playoffs. That's most, I mean, it's not impossible, but most likely not going to happen, right? Most likely out out of the question there, and especially with a guy like Baker Mayfield, who is already a very polarizing player, and Todd Bowles, who many, you know, didn't love, and I think his past failures as a head coach matter. I think that leaves us people with sour taste in their mouths. Um, but I, I to end, you know, the, the long way, it, there is sides to both. I understand it. I, I I get one thing better. At the same time, I don't think you should be angry for having success. You know, I, I'm one of those people who who is a realist. I, I try to be as realistic as possible when I base my opinions around the NFL and around different teams in the NFL. Because at the end of the day, we always say, you are what your record says you are. And if we look at the Buccaneer season and we look at the division they were in and what they had to do to win it. Like, yeah, they won it at nine and eight and any, any other division in the NFL, that's not going to cut it. But I also feel like the context of an NFL season is that much more important when you're talking about the position each of these teams are in. So the situation that you would described about, you know, having the expectations for your team and then the standard all of a sudden being a first round exit every single year, it's not, unfair for those fans to want better and that is true and I think the example you used honestly I think it's a perfect descriptor of the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys you know last year they beat the Bucks but they beat a miserable Bucks team and they lost the following week this year they beat 
a ten. Not only did they get beat by the Packers, but like they got their ass whooped with an H before the W, whooped by Jordan Love and the Packers. But the reason that you know that fan base being upset about a first round exit. It, the reason that's different is because of the context of their season. Like Dallas was favored. Dallas they were, was they picked, were the two seed. Dallas was picked by a lot of people to win their division. And even though, you know, it took them until the end of the season to win their division and a Philadelphia collapse, they were the two seeds. As they you won said. twelve games. Yeah. They won twelve games. Like, so like that, that, that more, would have been like that would have been like if that the Eagles more, in twenty twenty one came into town and beat the Buccaneers in Tampa. Like that's what that's what the equivalent is. It is that much more gut wrenching when you are a team like that and you face a first round exit. But the context of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is what I think is important, especially when it ties into the future of hot, uh, head coach Todd Bowles, because it does. Uh, it last year, it, so let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When you look at the 2022 and 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's not a lot of difference between them, I guess. Like an 8-9 record, 9-8, and eight, but they both won their division. They both made the postseason. But why, and I feel like you know the answer to this, why does that 2022 season feel so much more gut-wrenching when we look back and we reflect on how that season played out. Why does it feel so much more disappointing than this season has, even though both of those teams made the postseason? But you're you're asking me? Yeah. Well, oh, it's because when Tom Brady's your quarterback, you have an expectation. Oh, okay. So when Tom Brady's your quarterback and the expectations are way up here, it's going to feel incredibly disappointing when you fall short. And I get it. It should. It should like that team, should feel especially that short. Like, like right. it's one thing to fall short in the playoffs, but like that team fell short in the regular season. Like that, that team was was down to they were losing to the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas night with Trace McSorley as the the Cardinals quarterback. Like that team was down bad. So look at the changes the Buccaneers made. New head, well, same head coach, but new offensive coordinator. Finally, his first chance to have a say so in who he decides is going to be on his staff calling plays or not. Because firing Byron Leftwich last year, as we found out, was out of the question. So Todd Bowles gets a chance to rework his staff. He goes and gets a quarterback, but he does have one arm tied behind his back because the Bucks are in cap space hell, have to find a decent quarterback for a decent asking price, and they find Baker Mayfield for $4 million plus incentives. They have to figure out the rest of the cap space. Unfortunately, you have to deal with uh, what you do with Russell Gage and Ryan Jensen, so that makes it even tougher. Even more money being allocated to just dead resources on this team uh, for the Buccaneers in 2023, so you've got a lot of undrafted free agents that step up. Trey Palmer makes the team. David Moore makes the team. You know, Rakeem Jarrett makes the final 53-man roster. Rashad White, you needed him to step up and play incredibly well. And while the first half of the season was underwhelming, he has blossomed. There have been some weeks this year where he is our entire offense. You needed Mike Evans to play out of his mind to prove that he deserves to be signed to another contract. He did. You needed these young players to step up and prove that they can come in and contribute day one. And I don't know about day one, but by the end of the season, we're talking about defensive rookie of the year honors for Kalijah Kansi. And Yaya Diaby, they, those guys stepped up. Those things went right. I would say that their development is on coaching. So again, the context of an NFL season, in my opinion, if the Buccaneers lose to a Philadelphia Eagles team by 20 points, I'm not saying Todd Bowles doesn't deserve to be fired, but I can understand, I can 110% understand the argument for keeping him here. 
because of the expectations the Bucks had at the beginning of the year. Nobody outside of Tampa thought this team was going to do shit. And, you know, everyone thought the Cowboys were going to do something this year, and they didn't. And that's why I think the context of the 22 and 23 season, it matters a lot when we talk about what's going to happen with Todd Bowles. Because I just, I, I, I personally feel like if the Bucks were a team that had higher expectations year in and year out and they failed to live up to the standard, like that's one thing. But, you know, under head coach Todd Bowles, I just, I still feel like we have to respect and take into account that I know the Bucks failed to live up to expectations last year, but based off of what they had this year, I don't think, you know, winning the division and making the postseason, it just, it, it, I, I don't know. It's a very, very weird feeling, but I'm trying to tie all of this together to say that I totally understand what you mean about selling for mediocrity, but the Bucks exceeded a lot of expectations this year. And like, that's all stuff that, is going to be really important and they're going to have to take it into account when deciding what they do with Todd Bowles because dude, it's it's going to be hard for me to justify firing a head coach that took his team to the postseason two years in a row. I know that first year was disappointing, but this second year at times it feels like the Bucks shouldn't even be here right now. Uh, I just don't know why this Todd Bowles is going to pass for, for 2022. Because because you brought up that right, you brought up all you know when you have Super Bowl expectations, you don't live up to it. Why does why does Mike McCarthy not not get a pass? The reason why, why 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 does Todd Bowles get a pass, and why is that completely ignored? Because that's on him. There were Super Bowl expectations, and they didn't even finish five hundred. That were over five hundred. Well, to be honest with you, I we had talked about this with Trevor, and he kind of agreed. I, I'm not going to say Bowles got shafted because it wasn't like he had a terrible football team. He was left in a position to coach, but he didn't have a say-so in his offensive coordinator. He didn't have a say-so in some other coaching personnel. Okay. You know what I mean? He, he found out he was going to be head coach of the team three weeks before the draft, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, no, it's valid. At the same time, it's a results-based business. You know, the, the the results were you had a team that you thought was going to be a Super Bowl contender and they barely made the playoffs and they got blown out of the wild card. You know, that's my thing. And and honestly, yeah, like Dallas, Mike McCarthy, they just won 12. They won 12 games three years in a row. And you're right about the expectations, right? Um, the expectations. It Last year, it looks bad for Todd Bowles. This year, it looks good for Todd Bowles because the expectations change year to year. Next year. Probably going to be more heat on Todd Bowles because, you know, let's say if the Buccaneers were to lose in, in the wild card round, right? You know, don't know if a repeat uh, of, of this past year in 2024 is going to be good enough to keep Todd Bowles' job. I think, you know, they want to see progress. So um, at the same time, though, I do think that you know, it'd be, Mike McCarthy is likely going to be fired. Like, he's probably going to be out of a job this week. And I think there's a real chance that we've talked about this a lot. Like there's a real chance that if the Buccaneers get, I, I don't, if, if the, if the, um, look, if they lose by freaking four points or seven points, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but, if they lose by twenty points, or this is a repeat of last year, I just, I don't see how you keep them. I I just I I don't see I don't see how you keep them. So that's a that's a conversation for another time. It, the conversations about Bowles' job security could be shut 
if they just win tomorrow because if they win tomorrow it don't matter yeah it does not matter right so we'll be able to you know if they win tomorrow we're gonna go on that post game review show and you won't hear a word of, of us talking about Todd Bowles's job security but if they go on they lose even if they lose the game by a close game you might hear a little bit but if they lose by a blowout you're gonna hear a lot of heat on Todd Bowles and I think rightfully so let's get into some score predictions and wrap this thing up here Oh, Eagles minus two and a half. The favorites headed into this one, which means it's about as close as it can get because when you're the home team, you do get that three-point rub. Man, man, man. I hate making this prediction. I really do. I do. So, I'm going to predict with my heart to tail on the show. Uh, because if the Buccaneers do end up losing on Monday Night Football, this is the final game preview show of the 2023 yes. Buccaneer season for us here on the Cannon Fire podcast. So I, I, I can't predict the Bucks to lose on the final game preview show of the year. That doesn't feel right. And if it's not our final game preview of the show of the year, even better. So, sorry, I know I kind of marble mouth that. Words are hard. I think the Bucks show up. I think they play some of the best football they have all year because they know what's at stake and they know how vulnerable the Eagles are right now. I think regardless of the rain, which is rare, by the way, normally we have a warm January, but we'd never have this much rain. That's been kind of odd. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't affect the game too much. But even if it does, I think Canales and uh, Baker Mayfield are able to go out there and, and just ball, dude. And I think the Bucks beat Philly... Give me Tampa Bay 24 to 20. I got the Bucks taking this one by four points at home. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I feel a lot better about the 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 Bucks' chances in this as the week has gone on. Obviously, you know, the Asia Brown thing definitely helps. Uh, but just like the vibes around the Eagles team, it's just they're not good. Like, like the Eagles have arguably been the worst team in the NFL over the past like month and a half. Like they have been bad. Like, like they've been really bad. And even like their one win there, they're one and five. The one win was against the Giants on Christmas Day, and it was not pretty. It, it wasn't pretty at all. So I do think that the Bucks have definitely a shot again with AJ Brown being out. I think it's gonna that matters a lot. Uh I do think, however, though the weather, like I mentioned earlier, it favors Philly because I think Philly's better equipped to run the football. Uh, run the football effectively, I should say. Now, the thing, the question with Philly is, though, are they going to stick with it? Because throughout the season, they have ran the ball pretty well, but they haven't stuck with it. They've gotten greedy, and it's come back to bite them. Will it come back to bite them this time? I, I don't like. I saw Chad Johnson say like, "Oh, he thinks the Eagles are playing possum and this and that, and they're going to surprise everybody." I don't think that necessarily, um, but I do think the Eagles are going to win. Uh, I think it is going to be a close game. It's going to be closer than I thought it was going to be three weeks ago. Um, you know, and and also, you know, if they played Dallas, if the Bucks played Dallas, I'd feel even worse about the Bucks' chances. But playing this Philly team, I do think there's going to be an opportunity there. Uh, but I think the weather matters. I and I think that just I it came down to me which team is going to be able to run the ball better. Which team do I trust more to run the ball? And right now, I trust Philly more. So. I do have the Eagles winning uh, twenty to sixteen, uh, lower scoring game. Um, 
I don't, you know, I don't think that that's going to get Bowles' job in trouble. Uh, I think that would mean you know, Bowles is back. It'd be a hard fought game for sure. Um, but I just, in the playoffs to me, I always look at talent. And I just, I just don't know if the, if the Bucks have enough talent, you know, as much as the Eagles. Now, I know what you're gonna say. Well, look, the Packers just did to the Cowboys. The Cowboys have more talent. They definitely do have more talent. That being said, I also think the uh, the Packers had a huge coaching uh, advantage. I think you know Matt Lafleur is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Mike McCarthy was, yeah, you know. Um, and I just don't know if I can trust Todd Bowles in these situations. And honestly, like the Buccaneers against good teams, like I, I, I get it. At the same time, though, uh, the Bucks are are three and seven this season against teams over five hundred. They are one and five against teams currently in the playoffs. The Eagles, on the other hand, are six and three against teams over five hundred, and they're six and two against teams that are currently in the playoffs. So, with all that being said, I, I just taking all that into account, I just think that uh, the Eagles are going to do just enough and uh, end the Buccaneers season. Which, hey, like, wouldn't I? It's not going to be considered a failure, you know, like. Would it be considered a success? I guess you could say based on the circumstances, you know, of what they were facing this, you know, past off season. Um, at the same time, though, you know, you just don't want to get blown out. I think that's the just, you don't want to get embarrassed in this one because then that, that leads to a lot of uncomfortable questions and conversations that you have to have about seriously about the future of the team. There. Well, well. Well, how incredibly on brand is it for you, Evan Wanish, the Philly Bucks fan, to go ahead and pick your favorite team over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> some, some claim, some claim. I know, no, there's not some. A, a, a surprisingly, yeah. Let me uh, just, just look. I, I am a, I am a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I am a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I am a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Don't really care about soccer, but I guess I could be a Philadelphia Union fan. I don't care about the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I just don't. Like, I, I don't care about the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, if you noticed, I, I, it's intentional. I, I don't, uh, th- this, this week, I haven't worn any Philly gear. I actually had a Flyer sweatshirt on before this, and I had to change it because I was like, "Ah, that's just that just doesn't really feel right." Good so uh, it doesn't feel right talking on a Bucks podcast when they're playing the Eagles with, with a thing that just says Philadelphia <laughs> on it. So, um, yeah, kind of, there's there's right stamped. Kind of invalidates what you're saying, I think, in the eyes of a lot of fans when they're like, "What does this guy know about my favorite team and his fucking Philly jersey here?" Yeah, yeah, I I know because. You know, I, apparently you don't know anything about football if you're a fan of a hockey team from Philadelphia. So No, no, yeah. you don't, clearly. Uh, well, <laughs> with that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. want to say first and foremost, thank you to everybody hanging out with us in the live chat. Over on YouTube.com forward slash Cannon Fire podcast, Brutal is Bucks. I'm a Bucks blocking tight end. That's one of my favorite screen names, by the way, in the chat. Uh, Chris, Josue, Eddie Nash. I think we had a couple of moderators in here holding it down as well. And anybody else that I may have missed, we appreciate your uh, we appreciate your guys' support. We'll see you in the next one, hopefully, 
Subscribe to the channel for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content if you haven't already, and find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram, at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL, and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything out this week that can get folks ready for the game? Uh, yeah, I have the X Factor out now. That's currently out on the site. Um, and then also going to have the Q&A out before the game. Uh, it will be out sometime tomorrow for the game. Uh, but also really, really quick, uh, since the, the the Packers beat the, the Cowboys, the winner of tonight's game right now, which Detroit leads 7-3, will play the winner of tomorrow night's game between the Buccaneers and the Eagles. If the Rams beat the Lions here, the winner of that game between the Bucs and the Eagles will actually host a playoff game. So Philly being the fifth seed would host a playoff game, kind of wild, or the Buccaneers would host another playoff game, or you know the uh, Bucks or Eagles travel to Detroit. So with Green Bay beating Dallas, uh, they travel to San Francisco next week, and the Bucs will play either the Rams or the Lions should they win. Looking forward to it. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T, A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We will talk to you guys, I believe, on Monday night. I, I, I think, Evan, are you ready for a uh, for a late post-game show? Uh, full disclosure, this is the time slot I wanted the least. Uh, <laughs> just brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Yeah. Can we switch with Buffalo and Pittsburgh, please? Yeah, and just NFL, play at 4.30 tomorrow? The NFL cooked us up another prime time schedule here in the postseason for the second year in a row. The Bucks will do battle with the NFC East hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. It should be a pretty good game. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanich. We will talk to you guys live right here on YouTube.com forward slash Fire Podcast Monday night. Win or lose after the game, we will be live right here taking your calls. Looking forward to it. We love hearing from you. It should be a good one. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you again for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.